Hello, everyone. My name is David Santoro. I'm president and CEO of Pacific Forum. And today I want to let you know about a study that was just published by the Pacific Forum on US-China mutual vulnerability, looking particularly at the nuclear dimension. And the goal of that study basically was to ask the question whether or not the United States should acknowledge mutual vulnerability with China, and if so, how and under what conditions it should, it should do so. So our goal in the study was not to give a yes or no answer, but to try and provide a comprehensive analysis of the issue to better understand the benefits, costs, and risks associated with the various uh, options. So let me just um, give you a snapshot of the key findings of that study, uh, which you can find uh, on the Pacific Forum website. Um, one of the conclusions is that mutual vulnerability is a fundamental question because this is a central issue to US-China strategic nuclear dynamics, and it's not going to go away. Uh, we've also concluded that this is not an issue that is going to be settled rapidly. It's likely to be uh, to take time, uh, in part because US strategists disagree on the value and utility of the United States acknowledging mutual vulnerability with, with China. And there's also disagreement among, among uh, key US allies. Um, in addition to this, um, one of the, the central conclusion conclusions that um, we have in the study is that um, deciding why to choose or reject mutual vulnerability is at least as important as how to do it. And so the how to do it or not do it matters as much as the why. And so this is, this is again, one of the key conclusions and something that um, as we analyze this issue is, is critical. There is no silver bullet uh, balancing U.S. policy towards China and U.S. policy towards allies will be challenging regardless of the decision to choose or to reject mutual vulnerability. This is another key conclusion. Um, it's also important not to lose sight of the bigger picture and realize that U.S.-China strategic relations evolve in an era of, mutual, of, of nuclear multipolarity and that whatever we decide to do, either choose or reject a mutual vulnerability, um, there will be knock-on effects on the broader system. And so with that, let me pass it on to Masashi Murano, who will let you know a little bit more about the findings of his chapter, which focuses on, on Japan. Masashi, over. Yeah, thank you, David. The, as a the US, ally, as a U, US allies perspective in Asia, uh, the, the, well, I, in my chapter, I try to explain to that why the Japanese security community uh, is thinking of the it is bad idea for U.S. acknowledgement of the mutual vulnerability with China. Um, the basically that the, this is this question uh, or this problem is not only the strategic level the issues between just only the U.S. and China. But also, if U.S. acknowledge the, the mutual vulnerability with China, its effect on the more lower level or theater level stability in, in the Pacific regions. The, compared to the, some situation or strategic situation uh, in the Cold War and you, or you, in Europe, 
Um, it is the slightly unique case of, for uh, uh, allies in Asia, because um, in the in the during the Cold War, the U.S.-Japan alliance do not pay attention to the mutual vulnerability issues uh, in the two reasons. The first, the Asia was a secondary theater for the United States, and the second, the unlike Europe. The, in the Cold War situations, that the, the U.S. and its allies had maintained that the conventional the superiority in the Indo-Pacific regions. But, however, today the security environment is in the Pacific region is beginning to resemble to the European environment during the Cold War, uh, which means that rapidly developing Chinese conventional forces, uh, particularly in the strike options uh, to the theater level, uh, increasingly put uh, putting the U.S.-Japan alliance at the competitive disadvantages. So the rising this conventional strengthening of the PLA forces has also made it easier to the Chinese law enforcement forces and the maritime militias to act more aggressively in the East and the South China Sea. So in that situation, that fulfilling the gap, gap, gaps uh, in the first sense, the U.S. and Japan alliance should focus on the strengthening, the beefing up their conventional or law enforcement capabilities. But at the same time, in the the era of the resource constraint, it is not it is doubt that uh, we can actually uh, can filling the gap just for the focus on the conventional forces. So in this reason that. Uh, uh, in Japanese security community has the seriously starting to the, the reconsider of the role of nuclear weapons, U.S. nuclear weapons in this region. So that's the, my uh, my bright summary of that. This is my job.